Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around Podcast Studio for episode number 147. I'm back in the host chair. I know each and every one of our lovely Audible viewers missed me last week. I took a little extra day, made it a long weekend, and these guys held down the fort. So I appreciate you guys. And by these guys, I mean the lovely James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. Boys, I guess I want to hear more about this. I, I had something else I was going to bring up, but I, I want to hear more about this. I don't this. think lovely applies in either case. Uh, that's why no I, offense. We're going to turn this around. Tell me why not, because I heard Andrew was irate at the sports uh, book last night. Irate is an understatement. I don't know about irate. He was very excited. <laughs> very excitable. I, uh, I could just imagine there was some other guy around the nation that was in another sports book that was equally as pissed, if not more pissed, than I was. But it all worked out. That's why I just don't get – I get into it, but I don't get overly ex- upset. That's why I don't bet a bunch of money. I wasn't then I'm upset gonna get, either. I didn't, it wasn't even that much money either. Uh, in general, if I'm losing two bucks, it's fun. If I'm losing 20, it's like, this better go my way. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to get a little animated. I know I made some fun bets last night. Nothing worked for me. I need the Bears to cover six points tonight, and I win like 25 bucks on a parlay. Think it'll happen. With, good luck with that. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, they're they're like five and one, right? Aren't your Chicago Bears like five and one? Yeah. Wouldn't you expect that if they're gonna lose, it's not gonna be by twenty? Look, they figure stuff out. The Somehow, team is the worst five and one team in the in the history of the NFL. But they have Nick Foles, and they somehow win football games. They're talking about somehow winning football games, James. The Lions pull out a not even last second end of the game miracle yesterday after after Todd Gurley decides to. You know, score when he shouldn't have. Thank you, Todd Gurley. Well, it was, I think the Lions did a really good job of, like, acting like they were going to try and bring him down. And then they're like, oh, no. And, yeah, and then that uh, was at the DB, I think, that had him wrapped up, like, at the three. And then just uh-huh. kind of, like, let him go. And I think maybe gave him a little bit of a push, too. I was going to say, I thought he pushed him. That's yeah. what you got to do. But like, I, like, there was actually Lions players celebrating a touchdown by the other team. I, I was just about to bring it up. I saw this picture on Twitter from one of the – it was actually from, like, the NFL page, like, the NFL Twitter. And it was the, – the Lions got – Todd Gurley's – Yeah, but, li- like, Todd Gurley's laying on the goal line. The Lions guys got their arms up, like, celebrating the touchdown. Like, oh, my God, yes. And the only caption said, this belongs in Canton. And I was just like, if you if anybody asks what football in 2020 is like, here you go. And I was like, I think this is just Lions football more than just football in 2020. We're kind of used to that. I walked out of the house after they after Todd Gurley scored again because I was like, it's not happening in a minute and 13 seconds. And it did. It did. You know what's going to happen in only three minutes of this episode? We're going to get somebody fed. We're going to dive right into this. Remind you that we're sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to get some tasty sandwiches out to Jeffrey Lemerand from Charlevoix for interacting with last week's podcast, episode 146, with Charlevoix's Luke Snyder. Thank you, Jeffrey. For interacting with us here at the Get Around, if you want to get fed some delicious subs, make sure you like, retweet, comment, gif us, whatever it may take. Uh, we will get you noticed, and we will get you entered to win a couple of free subs. So let's go ahead and tell you guys what we're doing this week on this episode. It's playoff time, baby. It seems like it came quick, obviously, with a shortened six-game season. But everybody gets a seventh game. Everybody gets into the playoffs, with the exception of uh, Onekama, who's our one local team who opted out of the playoffs this year. Because of low numbers and injuries, they've forfeited, I think, four games already this year because of the same issue. Uh, They only got to play a few. They're not going to be playing in the playoffs and kind of just bowed out here. But everybody else gets in, which is awesome. You know, I talked to some people yesterday, and this makes for just like a really odd situation that is something I don't, I hope we never see again, honestly, just because of, you know, COVID. But we have one in five teams in the playoffs right now who have otherwise would never be having a chance to sniff a playoff win in, uh, this season. There's a few of those teams that we talked about. 
um, in the last few weeks. But you guys, how excited are you to see the matchups come out and know that we actually made it to this point? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, that some of these teams get an opportunity that they might not normally get. I mean, East Jordan is hosting a playoff game this year. That's they get the host. Cool. They're three and three. And they get to host a playoff game at home on, on a Friday night in the fall under the lights. There's a lot of the schools up here who haven't had that opportunity in a long time mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. And I, you know, I talked to Bear Lake head coach John Prokes yesterday. They just started their football program four years ago. An eight player. We know they've had their fair share of struggles. Like they they didn't win a game last year, but. I think they have six wins total as a program in four years, but they get to play a playoff game against their biggest rival and brethren. You know, they share a field. They basically get a home playoff game too because that's where they've been playing for the last four years. They know all those brethren guys. Everybody's going to be there. I think that's awesome. What I want to do, we're going to talk a lot about the playoffs. We're going to dive into matchups. I got three questions for us that we're going to talk about some of the best districts, the best matchups. And uh, all that jazz, we're going to get into our interview with Traverse City West senior star Christian Boyvin. He absolutely tore it up in week six against Petoskey. So we are going to talk a little bit more about that later and talk to him later. So make sure you stick around for that. After that, we're going to get back into some sports. We're not going to do a chatter that matters or anything because there's a lot going on this week. It's playoffs. This is when we get down to the nitty gritty. So we ain't playing no games here this week. We are going to talk about soccer playoffs after we get done with our interview because we have one team left in each division. So if you want to find out who that is, stick around. We're going to get into another rendition of the Hall of Fame. And then we're going to get into our trifecta today, which has to do with the Michigan and Michigan State football game coming up this weekend. So we'll probably end up, well, I'll probably end up screaming quite a bit here towards the end of the episode. So stick around if you want to hear me lose my head. So, guys, let's go ahead, put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse. Without any further ado, we got to go ahead and run through these playoff matchups. I know it's kind of tough to run through every single one. And as I said, these first-round matchups aren't really the juiciest. It's a lot of, you know, at least a lot of our better teams who expect to make runs are going to be playing a 1-5 or a 0-5 team or a 0-6 it's going to be a walkthrough. It, yes, it's, it's, it's a practice playoff game for a lot of our teams. Yeah. Obviously, there can be upsets. We kind of knew this was going to happen. I mean, with, the, with everybody getting in, the first round was going to be loaded with lopsided games. Oh, and I forgot to mention, we did have one team earn a bye. Cadillac. Yeah. Cadillac earned a bye. They got the top seed in their district. I, that got helped out a little bit after talking to Co- Coach Cota Mallory uh, that Escanaba had basically all of their games canceled this year. I mean, Escanaba has been a powerhouse for the last four years. Three out of the last four years, they have nine wins or more, and they only got to play two full games this year, one of which they won, and the other one they got beat by Kingsford, which is another good team in the UP. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they only had three games worth of playoff points to go off of, so that's why they might not have been the top seed. But Cadillac gets home field advantage through the regional final with that top seed if they are able to win. I mean, I think that does a lot. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get the winner of that game between Escanaba, who's 1-2, and two, and Alma, who's 2-4. and four. So they're gonna and they're gonna get that game at home, obviously. So I mean that's that's just a nice thing, nice big thing for for Cadillac, wow. I think. I mean we saw how their defense played against both Traverse City Central, Traverse City West. Their two losses on the year, they held tough for quite a while. Ended up they ended up pulling away, but those both those schools are much bigger than Cadillac. Cadillac's in Division Four in football. Traverse City West Division One, Traverse City Central Division Two. They have played. You know they're in the Big North Conference. They have. Uh, played good teams that are going to prepare them for somebody like Escanaba in that second round. C- Cadillac, 
having that home field advantage. There's a, we have a few teams that are going to do that, but not all the way through the regional final. I'm pretty sure they're our only number one seed besides Johannesburg-Lewiston all the way down in Division Eight. Because uh, Traverse City Central got the two seed. Yep. West is the three seed. And... That. And St. Francis took the second seed. Oh, Charlevoix was a top seed. That's right. Kingsley's a two seed. Yeah, yeah. Kingsley got a two seed. Charlevoix is also a top seed. Uh, to, that, that's a district that we got to talk about, actually. We can dive into that. I know we're not really going in much of an order. but um, Sutton's Bay is a one seed. Okay. And, and, and a player. So uh, so we have, what, four then? Cadillac, um, Johannesburg, Lewiston, Charlevoix, and Sutton's Bay. We got four one seeds. So that means that they get to hold that home field advantage all the way through. Obviously, Suns Bay and the eight player, they already have, I believe, two rounds less in the playoffs. There's no district for eight player football goes straight into that uh, regional semifinal round. So they will only have, I think, what, four games they have to make to get to the finals for eight player? Yeah, they'll have guaranteed two games in regionals. All those would be at home, and then they would play the, then they would, you would have four regional champions. So you'd have, yeah, another two games potentially after that. So, I mean, we know Suns Bay is big, but, I, okay, so let's, let's backtrack after the ones and go, let's, let's start from the top down, fellas. That way we're not going to get all lost in the sauce here. Um, Traverse City West is going to be taking on, who is it? Grand Rapids Union. Yeah, at one and five. Alma mater of Brian Steele. We're going to have to ask Brian what colors he's wearing. <laughs> Probably wearing the Union colors, although I, I don't know if I'm him if I would because uh, the, the history of this doesn't bode well. I mean, when when Union won one game this year, it was statewide news. Was it really? Yeah, because they snapped like a four, 54 game losing streak or something like that. Okay, so this this should be a walkthrough for West. Uh, that that's a cool part. We also have three games at Thoroughby this week. Uh, this weekend we have yeah. one Friday, two after, Saturday. After none last Friday. Right, and then we so but uh, we can move down to Division Two because Traverse City West is our only Division One team. I guess we'll bring it up there. The, the team that they might have to face in the district final if they are to get there is probably Rockford once again. They haven't been able to get over that hump ever um, in the playoffs. And I, I, I didn't know this until just yesterday. I think I might have known it a couple years ago, but I may have rekindled. But Traverse City West has never won a district title in Division One. They've never gotten to that point. They won five games in a row. This is a momentum that they can't normally get because normally that Patriot games were, you know what I'm saying, week four or week five of the season – you're right in the middle of that big north, and you don't have that many games to kind of rattle that off. They got that out of the way early, and they've been on a roll, uh, especially with Christian Boyd and what he was able to do against Petoskey last week. So, who knows? <laughs> that game was just ridiculous. I don't want to get too far into it because we're going to talk <laughs> to him about it, and, and he's going to come up in the Hall of Fame. So, But, okay, so let's go to Division Two. Traverse City Central is going to get a, you know another a walkthrough. They have an 0-6 game. Second right? on Heritage. 0-5. Uh, but, yeah, same thing. Uh, yeah, they, that should not be much of a game, Yeah, you'd think. I know all these coaches who are listening to this right now probably hate us for saying this because we're just, like, looking past the first round. And I know you're going to tell your teams it's one game at a time. If you look past these guys, it's going to be an upset. It can go. happen. It can happen. And you got to make sure that it doesn't happen. But when I'm looking at an 0-5 team against somebody like Trevor City Central, I think I'm going to mark that box for the Trojans. Yeah, we don't have to do that. Right. We don't have to go 1-0 and and 1-0. to go. Yes, we, we can project into the future. <laughs> we can look as far ahead as we want. All right, then, th- th- so that's our only Division two. And, and Central would probably get another would get another home game. And if they win that one, they'll probably get, I would assume, Swartz Creek. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I put in my stories. That's who I think they'll obviously end up against. Who and weirdly play a Thursday game in the first round. I mean, once again, I think that might be officials, but who could knows? Be. Could be. Who knows? I mean, we got Central, or we got... West and St. Francis both playing on Saturday back-to-back games at the same field, so only only Lord knows how uh, 
facilities may be working uh, in this time and place. We go down to Division Three. We got two of our Division Three teams uh, in there with Petoskey and Gaylord. We know that both of them, you know, had sub 500 seasons. Gaylord with one and five. They're going to play Mount Pleasant, who got the second seed in that region by just a fraction. And then Petoskey's going to be playing Cedar Springs. We know that Petoskey has what it takes to beat some teams. They obviously yeah. gave Traverse City West a scare. They've 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 put some points on the board and. These, uh, I mean, I think Petoskey has a better chance than Gaylord does. Mount Pleasant is a fantastic football team. Yeah, I mean, they're five and one. They're the they're state ranked yep. in that for for good reason. Yeah, um, that is a pretty loaded district with Marquette, right? Marquette, Muskegon. Yeah, Marquette, Muskegon, Cedar Springs, Mount Pleasant. I mean, that's a pretty good. Petoskey's your them. five seed. Yeah, in that, and Petoskey is a solid team. At least again, teams north of I ninety four. This could be the most loaded district in the state when you look at it i mean you we talked about how i talked about cadillac earlier petoskey playing a big north schedule is playing schools that are almost all bigger than him you know yeah alpina Cad, well cadillac's the only the smallest school out of the four but i think gaylord technically has a higher enrollment than petoskey tc central tc west the, the the big north conference is not a joke we've talked about this for a long time we, i mean i think coach greg vaughn said something to me at the beginning of the year about does the big north conference beat up on each other too much right where it never seems like that's why they're never really highly ranked in the in the state rankings or anything, but it's because all these teams are good and they really they can beat up on each other uh, here and there. Let's go on down to Division Four. We only have yeah, that's where Cadillac gets the buy. Yeah, we only have Cadillac in there. The buy that they get is nice, but and they, I mean, like I said, they are the top seed in that region. The next two strongest teams would be the Sioux Sioux Saint Marie at four and two. We've seen them play a couple teams down here, very good. Mm-hmm. You know, Kingsley, they beat St. Francis. The, the Sioux is nothing to uh, to scoff at. They The Sioux got the number two seed in that district. And then you can be looking at uh, Ludington as a well. A solid Ludington team, too. So the Sioux and Ludington are going to have to beat each other up in the other semifinal. Cadillac is going to get a game against a team with a losing record. Yes, which which is nice. You know, yeah, you're hoping that you... That's the advantage of having a good regular season. And playing teams that are way above your, you know, your yeah, punching lots grade. Of playoff points. Go to Division 5. Division 5 is one of our – we only have one team in the entire Division 5 playoffs. We only have one Division 5 team that plays football here, and that's Kingsley. They got the second seed behind Reed City, who went 6-0 and and had three more playoff points than them. Uh, we know Kingsley's been ranked number two or three in the state for the majority of the year. That is definitely uh, going to be a district to watch out for when they have to face Reed City in that final. All right, so moving on to Division Six, fellas. This is where we have a lot of teams. Uh, you know, like you said, James, we normally have a lot more teams in Division Five, but it seems like a lot of them were down in Division Six this year. Some of those teams, uh, what games they got this year? Yeah, t- normally you see teams like Kalkaska, Manistee, Benzie, Grayling, Boyne City in Division up in Division Five. But you know that the departure of teams to eight player is you know changing the landscape a little bit of eleven player and what divisions you're in. So. A lot more in Division Six this year, um, you know that. Uh, this that, is our loaded district. This is this district is loaded. I mean, aside from Mason County Central, which is you know just south of, uh, you know, by Manistee, basically, actually east of Man- just Manistee, um, everybody in this district is somebody we cover: Kalkaska, Manistee, Benzie, Grayling, Elk Rapids, Glen Lake, Boyne City. I mean, that is. Yeah, Manistee got the top top seed in that district. Uh, and they are probably the biggest school in that district as well, but um, they were at four and two. They're going to be playing the zero and five Kalkaska. We know they've they've struggled to put some points on the board this year, uh, but Manistee will get that number one seed. And then Benzie two and four is playing the three and three Grayling Vikings, and then Elk Rapids and Glen Lake will be facing off. 
and then Boyne City gets that Mason County Central game. We know Boyne City's probably more dangerous than you'd think. They got the three seed in this district behind Manistee and then Glen Lake uh, with those, that 4-2 and two record. Well, and they played each other to start the season off, Boyne and Glen Lake, so it looks like there's a pretty decent chance of that happening again. And and after that game, which which Glen Lake won, but you know not, uh, you know Boyne City hung around in that game and played pretty well. You know a lot like we saw like with Petoskey and Central and West, they played right there with them for a while, and then at the end, Glen Lake pulled away. But I think uh, I'd love the, to see that Manistee Glen Lake game in the district finals. But the, after that game, though, the Boyne City players and coaches were all like, you know. We're coming back here in the playoffs. Yeah. We we, we want Glen another Lake. game against Glen Lake in the playoffs. You know, they're going to probably have the advantage in points because they beat us, but we're going to come back here on this field and, you know, get it done in the playoffs. All right. Division 7 is where we get into another big local district. We have Ross Common, 1-4, playing top-seeded Charlevoix at 6-0. and We have Manistique playing Mancelona. Those are two, a 2-3 and three and a 2-4 and four team, so – Mancelona has a chance to win a uh, playoff game here and possibly face off with Charlevoix in that semifinal. Getting a home game at Bouchard Field in the playoffs. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We got Lands playing against Traverse City St. Francis. It's funny, Coach Josh Taylor said the only thing he knows about them is that that's the school that his dad got his 100th win against. He said that's, that's it. So should be interesting to see what they go against uh, for Traverse City St. Francis. I think and it's then, also uh, Mark Madsen's alma mater. Is it? I think. Yes. All you Northerners coming from the Yoop. Lance. Lance, 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 Lance. Uh, Waiting for St. Travis East, St. Francis, probably in that second round would be Lake City or Harbor Springs. But I think this, this is going to, we're going to come back to, I have just a couple quick questions after this, but this is probably my most highly anticipated district to see St. Francis and Charlevoix play in that district final. That is who the, the matchup I want to see. Um, at least my juiciest matchup in the whole district round, um, personally. Uh, let's go to Division 8 real quick. Like I said, we do have quite a few teams in here as well. East Jordan's getting to host a playoff game against Gwynn. And Johannesburg-Lewiston will be hosting against 0-5 Lincoln-Alcona. Frankfurt will actually be traveling at 3-3 three three to Saginaw-Novell. And Manton will be traveling at 1-5 over to Breckenridge in Division 8. Yeah, Joburg did not get an easy district at all. I mean, they've got Saginaw-Novell, Beale City, and Breckenridge in that in that district, four and two, five and one, five and one. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy road, but I think the Cardinals are probably up to it. All right, so that'll do it for the eleven-player matchups. Let's go dive into the eight-player Division One matchups. I'm not sure. James said on this podcast, I, I don't know if I can trust this man anymore. But Great Gaylord St. Mary was supposedly supposed to be in eight-player Division Two this year. Yeah, and we're not going to be playing Sutton's Bay at all this year, but. That isn't what happened when they dropped these yesterday. No, I'm, I'm thinking what happened. Well, they were the biggest school in the Division Two ones, and I'm, what I'm thinking is is that they when they had to make the the change where 14 teams didn't get to make the playoffs, more of them from Division One got bumped than Division Two, and it bumped Gaylord St. Mary back up. But that does create the awesome potential matchup again of Sutton's Bay versus Gaylord St. Mary in the. Second or third round of the playoffs. Yeah, which came down, here. came down to a, a single score, six point game in the playoffs last year, and it was absolutely nuts. The, the game early in the season was a one point game that Gaylord St. Mary won, but had to forfeit because of ineligibility rules. It was interesting last year. They didn't get to play each other this year. I am stoked for this possibility. There's still a lot of local teams in this district, though. 
We got Manistee Catholic Central is going to be playing Sutton's Bay in the first round. Forest Area is going to be playing Whittemore Prescott in the first round. Going to be traveling out there. Central Lake is going to be traveling to Gaylord St. Mary. And then Vesterberg is going to be going to Mesick. Uh, do you think Mesick could be a sleeper in here? We know that Sutton's Bay has taken care of Mesick this season. Uh, but it's playoff time, baby. I think Mesick's going to get that playoff win in the first uh, first round there. And then Mesick against Gaylord St. Mary could just be a shootout. I mean, both these teams can pile up the points. That that game could be real fun to cover, too. Yeah, both teams love to throw the ball. Um, we've talked a lot about Cole Spencer even. He's been really, really good. Well, a lot of these teams are going to get their first playoff win because they really haven't had a chance to be in the playoff before, you know. So this will be Misik's the prime opportunity for Misik's first playoff win in school history. See, like I think that's like what I was talking about at the beginning of this segment. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, as much as it's almost like, oh, here, here's like a gift for what coronavirus did to you. You get a chance to do this. I think it's so cool that we get the opportunity for some of these teams to to knock that off the list. I don't know if they'll keep an asterisk next to it or something, but, you know, I think that's awesome. I think it's going to be a Saturday 3 o'clock game. Uh, I was kind of wishing that that was going to be a Friday night game, but Vesterberg's got a bit of a bit of a drive. <laughs> now, just one more district to go through in the, the eight-player Division Two. We got 1-5 Bel Air traveling out to Marion at 5-1, and one, and we have Bear Lake going to be at Brethren, which, as we kind of mentioned earlier, is kind of a home game. They share a field. But they get to play their rival, which is awesome. So two and four Bear Lake will get to play four and two Brethren, and uh, that should be an interesting game. They already played once this year. Brethren won thirty to nine, but you know Bear Lake has put up some more points in the late in the late stages of the season. So that could be definitely an interesting game. Now, gentlemen, we went through all of our matchups. I want to do a couple of quick hit questions with you guys. We know what we're looking at. We know who has what. So let's start off. What do you guys think is the juiciest first round matchup, or one that's setting what's setting up for the juiciest second round matchup? The best, the best first round matchup that I like, as far as it probably being a competitive game and a, a game that I would like to go cover. Aside from, I think Misik actually kind of I would like to do, but being a Saturday afternoon game, it's going to be pretty hard. Um, is Benzie Central Grayling? I think that's going to be one of the more even games in the in the first round that we see. And you know, Benzie's only two and four, but they've you know they've put up some points. They gave Kingsley a hard time last week. Kingsley had a really difficult time with them last week, which is two years in a row that they've given Kingsley a, a nice test. And then uh, you know, Grayling also is a, at three and three. You know, they've been uh, putting together a pretty solid team with a, a physical team that they have. If I'm looking for a game that I think is going to be juiciest or closest, I kind of like this Manistique and Mancelona game. Like you said, Mancelona gets a home game at Bouchard Field at two and four. Manistique, they, they in, in two of the three losses this season, they got shut out and you know just rolled over on the scoreboard by about forty points. Uh, one of their wins on the season is actually a forfeit win to Iron Mountain, uh, which I'm sure wouldn't have happened had they played. But uh, they really only have one win on the season. I think Mancelona has a good shot here to win that playoff game, move to three and three, and you know, uh, face off with a good Charlevoix team in the second round. I'm going to go with – I'm actually going to go with Central Saginaw Heritage, even though, we, like we said, that's kind of be a good – that's kind of be a pushover, at least we think. The last time Central went out of the Traverse City area, it was against that Macomb, Dakota team, and they, you know, we, we didn't talk about it earlier on the podcast, but they hung around with them for the first half, and then they kind of pulled away in the second half. I want to see what it's like against non-Northern Michigan teams for the Trojans. Um 
that's my only case for that game. I know Saginaw Heritage has had a troubled season, as we've talked about earlier. I just like seeing new faces against Josh Burnham and the Trojans. So, all right now, and Saginaw Heritage's AD is a TC Central alum. Oh, really? <laughs> just more and more connections. Useless trivia. And so. as, as for as for second round matchup, I'm gonna go with that Boyne City Glen Lake game. Just for what you mentioned earlier, they're like, oh, yeah, we want to we want to be back, and we feel like if we did a couple things different, we would beat the team because that game was in week one, right? What well, we- technically, what week four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. Uh, I think this is kind of an easy one just because of how many teams we have in it. But what do you guys think is our most exciting district this year? I, I think I have to go with that that uh, Division Six district with Boyne City, Glen Lake, you know, all those teams from our area. I mean, that, that has to be our most exciting, right? From our standpoint, yeah. I mean, just because of the, the bevy of local teams that are in that. I mean, that's just a, a, a loaded district there. You know, I, I like that. Sutton's Bay does not have an easy path, even though they're another one seed. I mean, they've got a district with Gaylord St. Mary and Whitmore Prescott is a team that they've already beaten um, by 19 earlier in this season. But that's a, they're a quality team that uh, they are just a ground and pound team. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the second matchup holds with them. And then, you know, like we said, Misek can score a lot of points on a lot of teams. So I think that's a pretty competitive district as well. They have scored a lot of points on a lot of teams. Now, one more question. We got three games this weekend at Thoroughby, gentlemen. Three games. It's an exciting weekend for Thoroughby Field. Who do we see with the biggest win this weekend? As far as margin of victory? Yes, margin of victory. Because, that, I mean, I, 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 I w- I'm going to say that they all win. We have high hopes that they all win against, you know, records that are much unlike their own. Um so, yeah, wh- who has the largest margin of victory against one of these, like, 1-5 in five or 0-5 teams? I- I'm going to go with TC West just because of, uh, you know, Grand Rapids Union. Nah, just because of Grand Rapids Union's history. I mean, they've basically not won more than, like, two games in a season for, like, almost 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, big time, huh? What about you? I'm also going to go with that West Grand Rapids Union. I was going to try and play devil's advocate and pick a – Maybe Central or St. Francis, but I think that the math kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'm actually favor. I'm gonna go with Traverse City Central. Okay. And I'm gonna put it because I think those boys are probably a little mad at themselves after last week. Uh, a little mad at what they only scored 20 points in that game after scoring you know like two straight touchdowns to start off with, and then that offense just couldn't get going. I I have a feeling like there's like a powder keg ready to explode in that Trojan locker room. So I'm gonna go with Traverse City Central on that pick. So, you boys picked West. We're going to have to hear from the Traverse City West senior star running back and safety slash linebacker, Christian Boyvin. We he, think we'll have a huge game next this Friday. I'm sure he will. He hopefully gets to get around bump after chatting with us. He called in here to the Get Around studio on Monday as they prepare for this first round of playoffs. So, let's go ahead and give a listen to that interview now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City West senior defensive back and running back, Christian Boivin, joining us here from Traverse City West. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this Monday after practice before you guys get started off with the playoffs. 
Yep, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here and uh, talk a little football. Yeah, I know this is uh, an exciting week. I know I had a little bit of a chance to talk to you yesterday, but we're going to go ahead and dive into our Freaky Fast Five just to get to know you a little bit, get our listeners to get to know you a little bit. James likes to start off with these funky questions, so we'll dive it over to him first. What is the most money you have ever spent at a fast food restaurant? Oh, I've spent with the team. We're, we're going to count it as the team because we do weekends. Uh-huh. The team gets a weekend. And four hundred and like thirty dollars. Oh my god! I brought the old lineman that week. I brought the old lineman that week, uh, but don't worry, I get my money's worth on other weeks. My gosh! So. <laughs> how long? Okay, so how that, that was, was what fast food was that? By the way, um, that was that was Flat Town. Okay, okay, so so you got very good burgers at the very least. That's that's good. Now, uh, I was I was just about to ask you when you when when you guys order that much food, how long does it take them to cook that much food for a whole football team? Oh, uh, that was that was a solid thirty minute wait. We called ahead, and uh, it's kind of like the mission of the night after after games and stuff. Okay, okay. So here here's a good one for me. Who is your sports role model? My role model in general would be Coach Morrow. I mean, dude's awesome. He's kind of like he's he's the dude that started everything at uh, at West. He's one of the original original crew when the coach war came in and uh him and coach Vaughn, entire coaching staff kind of acts as role models for uh for the guys here at west um just what is what is kind of the funniest story that you have that's happened during a football game that you've been in kind of a funny story that happens with just about every football game for me is either my jersey tears or i get blood all over it there's no doubt that that at some point in the game I have to get out because there's blood on my jersey or it's tearing down the side and we got to flip a jersey out or something like that. I don't know if I have a curse or something, but, I mean, for four years of playing high school football, I think I've been out for a snap every single game. Is, is, it, is it usually your blood or is it somebody else's blood? Um, I'm a bleeder. I don't know what it is, but I get into a game and I'll be the first person with a cut. Like, first play – I'm out because I'm bleeding from somewhere. It, it, it makes no sense. You got to get taped up. I mean, I'm sure there's a little nicks and cuts in here and there. Uh, it happens when you're carrying the football as much as you are. We'll get into that in just a second. I think we got a couple more uh, here. How do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza? And after that, it's a follow-up. What is your like? What is the oddest pizza topping that you like? Pineapple on pizza for me, that's a definite no-go. But uh, I'm not going to judge you if you do. Um, for me, what I really love on pizzas is uh, some mushrooms. Okay. I think that stuff's awesome. If you get to choose, you had you could get one superpower. What would it be? Superpower? Oh, I'd like to remind. I like uh, like getting to know people. And I think it'd be interesting to know what they're thinking. Okay. Okay. Well, that was the Freaky Fast Five. That is a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So thank you, Christian, for indulging in that with us. We're going to go ahead and get into the rest of our interview now uh, with this Traverse City West star. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I, I, ha- I think we have to start on your performance from last week. You know, you've been doing things all over the football field all year. We know we saw you on special teams blocking punt after punt last season. But now, you know, you're, you're playing like safety, middle linebacker, getting that running back. It seemed like you did everything and some on Saturday. I'm just going to read this off for our listeners. From what we got, 27 carries, 221 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, three interceptions on defense with 14 tackles, 13 were solo, and James credited you with at least a partial block punt in that game. 
At what point in that game did you feel that you had to put the team on your back when you were down to Petoskey and kind of just like did a little bit of everything? Oh, I think it comes down to I think it comes down to once we were able to make our adjustments as a team. Um, I think there was about I think there was about three minutes and thirty seconds left in the first half. We're on defense and uh, and we talked on the sideline. We talked as a as a unit. We made a couple adjustments, and I think it just opened me. Open it up for me to have some opportunities to make plays. A lot of that stuff or all that stuff is impossible if we don't make those adjustments and if uh, we don't all do our jobs. I mean, this week I had, I had a solid game. Uh, next week it could be it could be another player, and we've seen it throughout the season with guys making plays because everyone's doing their job. Of course, I mean, another one of those guys on your team who, who is helping out big time in the backfield is Patrick O'Connor. Uh, he had another couple, uh, whether the 130 or 140 yards in that game, but he's been doing that all season. You guys have kind of been a two-headed monster out of the Traverse City West backfield with, you know, you guys have changed that offense a little bit. It looks a little bit different, get, you know, taking shotgun snaps. What's it been like uh, with you two kind of heading up that helm on offense? I mean, it's been a really great experience. Patrick came up with me as a sophomore right when Coach Vaughn took over, and, uh, I think this has really showed uh, Coach Vaughn taking over the program and moving towards his vision. When uh, you take over, when you take over program, you take over an offense, and you wanna and you wanna transition. It's not a it's not a one week or one year process, and that's what a lot of people um, don't don't exactly understand. If you want to go from T to spread, I mean, it takes a lot of time, and uh, we're really seeing Coach uh, Coach Vaughn set his feet down and. Uh, really run with his vision that he had and that he told Patrick and I our sophomore years. I mean, it's been a great experience to, to really see it all come together. Do you consider that game on, on this weekend against Petoskey, do you consider that to be your best game? I, I think I think it's uh, definitely one of my better games. I'd say, obviously, the numbers the numbers show it, but a lot of times, especially with our, with our defense, guys fly under the radar, so maybe – I had a really good game in week three, but I only had eight tackles. But if I'm doing my job, I mean, there, there's a lot of times I can be really happy with how I did, even if I don't have 15, 20 tackles. And I think that's kind of that's kind of how we work as a unit. If we put if we put a shutout out or we get the job done, that's what I'm really happy with. Well, you mentioned that you uh, the the superpower you wanted would be reading reading minds. Um, with three interceptions, it seems like you are already kind of reading the quarterback's mind. I mean. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time and uh, working on talking about things that they could potentially do to change up. I mean, it's really hard to beat a team twice. I think it showed a little bit in the game. I think it's hard to uh, be ready for stuff that you don't know they're going to change. I mean, each team, each team it becomes a, becomes a chess game, and you got to make adjustments to their adjustments, and I think that's kind of how the game played out. They had some, they had some good adjustments uh, coming into the game. Then uh, we figured them out put players in the right positions to make plays and got it done. Just this past week after that game, Coach Vaughn uh, went, went out on a limb and said that you might have become you know, his favorite player that he's ever had to coach with your work ethic and the way that you go about the game. What do you think got you there? What have you focused on in the last three or four years with Coach Vaughn to kind of put yourself in that position? I mean, just taking in everything that, uh, that him and the coaching staff have been putting in front of us. Like I, like I said, with uh, Coach Vaughn setting up an offense, um, over three years and seeing that vision, I think I think part of that is making kids into the people that they want to be and the men that they want to be. And you see that 
you see that with a lot of guys in the program that have been that have been going through it. We have a, we have a ton of really high character uh, people, and I and I give a ton of credit to Coach Vaughn and the coaching staff for for guiding us and uh, helping us get to the places that we want to be as people. Most importantly, now as you kind of run into this playoff sphere, you guys got your your matchup for the first round last night. I know it's uh, it's going to be the one in five Grand Rapids Union who won their first game this year in quite some time. I know it's a bit different having this first round. How are you guys approaching uh, a game in which, you know, I know that we all expect you guys to win, but it's still one of those things that you, you have to make sure you hone in and, and focus in on this week. Um, most definitely. Union's a solid team. They're extremely athletic, and they play a difficult schedule. So uh, they're not a team to be taken lightly. They're, uh, they're the type of team that if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. They've got a lot of really fast athletic players, so it's going to come down to it's going to come down to guys doing their job, being really disciplined, and uh, trusting each other. That that trust and knowing that this guy's going to have contain or this guy's going to keep his leverage uh, is crucial to going into a game and dominating. Now I, I know that you obviously see you know the gaudy numbers on offense when when you're catch, when you're carrying the ball you know somewhere between fifteen and twenty times a game for the Titans, but you know I think a lot of people could argue that you do make a bigger de- difference on the defensive side of the ball if we talk about having fifteen or fourteen tackles, three interceptions in a game against Petoskey, one of those which sealed the game you know at the very end just you know as they're trying to come back and score that last touchdown on you guys. What what is your I guess what what is your focus as a football player and how have you kind of you know worked on both sides of the football. And hone your skills i think it comes down to film i absolutely i love film i love getting in there i've learned a lot from the coaching staff about how to how to really watch film with purpose and uh over time become a leader become a coach on the field and organize guys put guys in the right position be able to make checks pre-snap on my own and uh and help guys out so that we can be in the absolute best position pre-snap to make plays I think that's been the biggest thing and the biggest progression I've been able to take over my three years on defense, especially. I know, I know how Coach Jason Morrow has worked with that defense over the last several years. I know you said he was one, you know, he's one of your big role models um, with with everything that he's done. But you know, from what I've seen in the last few years, you know, it's twelve heads of the football for the tight or eleven heads of the football for the Titans. Uh, twelve if you count Coach Morrow, because <laughs> he's usually probably running after after the play, anyways. But um, what type of team style uh, defense and what type of team style have you guys been able to kind of work out at Traverse City uh, West to make that really work well for you guys this season? Comes down to speed discipline and trust one of our things that we talked about over the summer and training and everything is if you can't run on our defense you can't play on it you'll see consistently that we have 11 of the fastest players on the team playing defense and flying the football coach morrow and uh, coach staff as a whole preaches trusting each other and being super disciplined with your eyes your reads your and just working as a unit with your team and that's really a culture that's been bred for for the past Eight plus years with Coach Morrow specifically. Talk a little bit about the uh, the dedication uh, at West to the special teams and and how big it is for you to go after that that state record for uh, career block punts. I mean, special teams is something that I personally feel is extremely overlooked in all age groups of the game. You can see it high school through NFL that uh, that which teams spend the most time and take the time to really do special teams right. We spend um, we spend a third of our third of our practice almost just like you almost spend a third of the third of time on special teams. People don't realize that they're they're a third of the game, and so we take a lot of pride in doing it right 
and being uh, really meticulous about the details. As for the block punts, as just like the rest of uh, our culture, it's about everyone doing their job. If uh, if guys aren't stepping with the right foot, driving the right shoulders, I'm not going to get free. Someone else isn't going to get free, and then it comes down to making plays. It'd be great to get that that uh, block record for uh, all time and and stuff. But it comes down to winning games, making big plays, and uh, and just changing the course of the game. Whether it's block punt, block field goal, onside kick, big return. Do you have like you have one? You need one more. Is that it? I think. As of now, I would say I would say two for the the block punt uh, last week. It was a quasi tackle sort of deal, so yeah, we're 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 pretty strict about what we call punt block at Trevor City West. So, I mean, some might call it a block, but we like to keep after it, and and Coach Smith likes to tease me, so we're counting it as a tackle. Okay, okay. Now, do you ever do you ever feel like uh, just like a like a like a top throw dragster hopping off that line when you're on the edge for a field goal or a a punt? Because I mean, I think it was a game three three punts last year in one game you got your hand on and they just couldn't stop you what's your mentality when you're lining up on that edge there when when i'm lining up especially last last year um this year we've had a little bit more of a rotating unit because teams have been teams have been wary of it and they've been doing a lot of pooch punts and stuff but like last year we had the same three guys on the left side and it was all about hey how are we going to drive drive the line how are we going to make a play on the ball to uh, get each other open. A lot of times we did a really great job of stepping and uh, stepping correctly, doing our job, and it got me free. So mm-hmm. once it, once you get past that line, it's all just about staying focused and uh, staying calm. Now, with the playoffs coming up, I know I talked to your coach and I've seen you guys the last few years. Uh, you guys got basically a few games to look into to a district title. Traverse City West has never had a district title before. Uh, I know Rockford's usually a, a big hurdle for you guys in that area. How much have you guys talked about those type of goals, um, doing something that's never been done in Traverse City West history before? Um, that's been a big talk for a long time, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why Coach Vaughn was uh, moved up to the head coach. He's here to win playoff games, and he talks about it a lot, about those, about those big goals, and uh, Right now and this year especially, it's been it's been about one game at a time. I mean, it's it's really easy as a program to uh, get out ahead of it and uh, and lose sight of the task at hand. And we've done a fantastic job this year of taking it one game at a time. And like right now, there's no talking next week. It's it's just union. Mm-hmm. So there's no speculation. And that was the same thing last week for Petoskey. There wasn't guys speculating about, oh, who could we play next week? It was, we have Tosti, we have to go in, we got to take care of business, and then we'll move on to the next week. Now, I mean, if, if we're not going to go into the future, let me go all the way back to the start of the season when you guys lost to Traverse City Central this year. What did that do for the Titans? Uh, I mean, obviously, your guys' offense has just been exploding in the last few games. You guys are on a five-game win streak heading into the playoffs. I know it was a bit different, not kind of getting any warm-up games before going to play Central and then kind of just having that be the start to the season. But what do you think that did for your team this year, kind of taking that lump on day one and to where you are now? You know, it's a tough spot to be in. We've got, uh, we had a lot of young guys uh, getting on the field, get on the field there. And uh, it, it kind of just acted as a catalyst to speed up development. Obviously, it's not how you want a first a first game to go, a first night out for a lot of guys. I think it helped them get up to speed. And when it's a six-game season, 
you got to get going fast when you're young. So we've got a lot of juniors playing a lot of reps. And I think as a team, as a whole, it just helped us develop faster. And obviously it's not how you want the first night to go, but we've learned a lot from it. And we're a lot better team when we're, we're ready to go into playoffs, I think, partly because of it. Yeah, I know. I know. I've the one, one of the uh, sayings that one of my coaches back in high school went went with, and it always stuck with me was, "It's not how you start; it's how you finish." Right? And I'm sure, mm-hmm. at, at least in the situation, I'm I'm pretty sure you'd rather lose a game to start the season than to say lose your final game of the season than have to go into the playoffs like, "Oh man, what about us now?" Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we're we're walking with with some confidence now. We we've got our legs under us and. We're excited to get into playoffs. Now, I know we got a lot left of Traverse City West football out of you, hopefully, but uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the future. I know that you've been you've been looking to play football in college. What has the recruiting process been like, and uh, have you had any luck so far? Um, it's been it's been uh, pretty difficult this year, especially with with COVID. You know, I had a big summer planned. I had a lot of camps in mind to go to go out to some big programs and show what I can do. Um, I'm in a, I'm in the position where I'm kind of a tweener, you know, I could be a linebacker, could be a safety, could be a star back. So a lot of teams don't know exactly where they want to put me until they can see me on a field practicing. Mm-hmm. And so that's made this year extremely difficult. Um, coach Vaughn, coach Morrow and the coaching staff have been great about getting me exposure, reaching out to coaches and, uh, and give me chances. And right now we're just kind of waiting to see what can, uh, what can break. Saginaw Valley State University um, recently offered me, and they've they've been extremely kind and generous in the process to uh, giving me give me a route to learn about this process. They've been a they've been a great program to talk to and work with, and they're most definitely an option for me. And so I'm just trying to write like right now. I've talked to them, and that they want the best for me. I want the best for them. And so I'm going to keep all my options open and see what see what I can do. No, but you but it does sound like you are kind of uh, focusing or and or being recruited on defense. Is that right? Yes, that that's as of right now where I see myself playing. Where I think a lot of teams see myself playing. Um, but I'm not I'm not closing the door on offense. I'm really just looking for an opportunity and someone who uh, who sees the potential I've got. I mean, how how frustrating has it been though? I mean. Uh, it, you know, all the coaches that I've talked to, everybody says that you're just being incredibly under-recruited um, and that they think you should be playing Division One and all this. And, and obviously COVID didn't help at all in, in all this. But it, how has the has the process been frustrating for you? Well, uh, like, like you said, with COVID, things are a lot different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I can't always point fingers to a wall if I had this or this. You know what I mean? It'd be different. But uh, – I'm rolling with the, the cards I'm dealt, and it can be a little frustrating at times, but I've, I've had a lot of trust in my coaches, my parents, and uh, just the process in general. I mean, I really trust, and I know that the people supporting me will will help me get to where I need to be, and uh, it just comes down to waiting it out. So it can be it can be a little frustrating at times, but... If I weather storm now, I think I'm going to come out with, with where I need to be. 
Now, I'm, I'm not sure if all of our listeners are aware, but I know last, uh, last year, just, just to wrap this up, I know last year that you, uh, you joined the wrestling team and you did pretty well. I know that you, I, know I looked at you, you've run track and everything like that. I know this being your final football season, do you still have more athletic plans at Traverse City West? Are you going to go back to the wrestling team or do anything in the spring? Most definitely. I'm, I'm not finished at Traverse City West, and I've got some, some big aspirations with the other sports. I mean, wrestling. Last year, I was able to go and uh, qualify for regionals. I'd like to go through there and take the next step to states. I had an awesome time with Coach with Coach Nyland, and uh, he's a great coach. We've got we've got a great culture there, and I'm looking to step up into a bigger role as a second year wrestler. Then, um, then we have track. I mean, we've got we've got potential for a fantastic four by one, four by two and just spring crew in general. Uh, Coach Brown coaches long distance. Obviously, I'm not running a two-mile anytime soon, mm-hmm. but um, I, trust that, I trust that that crew um, is ready to go, and I think we have a lot of potential there. Uh, how much, how much does uh, the football and wrestling kind of go hand-in-hand hand you know, as far as being uh, kind of grueling, demanding sports? Do they, do they help each other out, um, or is one, is one harder than the other? Um, I, I think wrestling is like the holy grail to developing in football. I mean, going into it, I was, I, I was not excited to say the least. I was not, I was not exactly prepared to get into it, but once I got rolling and I got my feet under me, I had a fantastic time and there's no doubt in my mind that I progressed much farther than if I hadn't done it. Was um, was that your decision yeah, to join, or were you kind of persuaded into that? After I decided that hockey was not going to be able to help me with my football with my football dreams and goals, um, I decided to move on move on from it, and I was going to focus on lifting. Um, Coach Nyland and Coach Vaughn approached me and were like, "Hey, this is something to make you a better athlete." And boy, were they right! I mean between mobility in my ankles and my hips are drastically better than before I got into it. And then also, like you said, just um, from a mental toughness standpoint, I think it was really good for, for me to go into uh, to something new and just kind of get kicked around. I mean, the first month was not a good time. I got, I'm competitive and I was wrestling with the coaches for a month and they just absolutely whooped me day in, day out. So that was a a really good learning process for myself and just to uh, help build my character. Kind of like we talked about earlier with coach Vaughn, he tested me and he challenged me. And because of it, I came out, I think, I think uh, a lot better off. Sometimes a big old piece of humble pie is just what the body needs. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Kind of carbo loading. <laughs> the steak and potatoes <laughs> and a piece of humble pie for dessert. Alrighty, Christian. Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. We really enjoyed uh, your company here on the Get Around. We wish you the best of luck uh, the rest of the football season with the Traverse City West Titans, and of course into your recruiting journey and beyond. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Another huge thank you to Christian for stopping by with us today and getting a few words in about the Traverse City West Titans and the upcoming playoff run. I know everybody's excited. I talked to him a little bit yesterday, too, and 
you know, Selection Sunday was a bit different for these kids. You know, I know when I was in high school, you went over to your team's or one of your teammates' house. They had, you know, a big old buffet out, and you had the big screen TV on, and everybody would crowd around the TV and kind of wait for that, you know, special moment when your team's name comes up on Fox Sports Detroit and you see who you're playing. But, you know, that changed a little bit this year, and it kind of gave coaches a little bit more time to prepare for their first-round opponents or their second-round opponents. They know where they're going to be, uh, you know, seated, and they knew where they're, who they were going to be facing earlier in the year. Nonetheless, thank you, Christian. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's are freaks about fresh bread, meat, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Let's go ahead and get back into some more sports. we got to talk about you know what's going on this week. I know football just took up whatever a, a huge portion of the first half of this episode, but we can't leave soccer in the dust, gentlemen. We are coming down to the nitty-gritty. We are into the regional round of the boys' soccer playoffs, and we have four teams left, one in each division. I'm going to ask each one of you guys about one of these teams, and I'm going to probably rattle on about the other two because I, I got to see quite a bit of them this year. So we'll start off with Division One. We know the team that made the run all the way to the Final Four last year, all the way to the state finals last year, Traverse City West is back on their horse and riding with only one loss this season. They took out Traverse City Central 5-0 to once again in the district final on Saturday at their place, have outscored the Trojans 14-0 to this year. That was a, a nice staple for them, but they are going to be moving on to play Okemos, that Lansing area powerhouse. We know they had to go through them last year. It was a big game when they had to do it last time. What do we think about their chances this time, fellas? Well, they lost to them in the regular season last year as well. I think that was the game that they lost like six to nothing at the beginning of the season. Then they kind of turned things, just kind of turned the Jets on after that. They kind of spurred some changes in the team, and they just didn't look the same after that game. And then they went, and Okemos was ranked number one in the state last year when they played them in the playoffs, and they beat them. This game being played at Grand Ledge, it's almost a home game for Okemos. It, it is. So. West does not have an easy path here. And then they also, the other half of the, the region is uh, Muskegon, Mona Shores, and Holt, two other quality programs. I think Holt was another team they had to go through last year. I'm not or a they played That was at, football. They played at Holt. That was football. They, yeah, they played at Holt. For soccer? Not, I thought that was. Oh, they played at Holt. They played at Holt. That's right, because you went down to that game. That is correct. Yeah. So remember, we talked about that high school after. That's a really cool high school. Holt High School is really cool. Yeah, I mean, Traverse City West, but, I mean, is it not reminiscent of the same thing they did last year, losing to Okemos? in that first game, and then not losing again until the state finals. Here comes Traverse City West losing their first game of the season this year, and they haven't lost since. And they're going to meet Okemos again. I wonder if deja vu happens for the Titans. We go into Division Two, and Petoskey is still running running around in Division Two. They're going to be facing East Grand Rapids. I know we haven't seen much from these guys this year. I saw them earlier, way earlier in the season uh, when they played Traverse City Central way, way back when. But... Um, do, do we think that the, the Northmen have any chance of you know moving deeper than East Grand Rapids here? This is kind of another thing. They're in the same sort of situation where TC West is, in which they're going to play a team on, that's on a technically on a neutral site, but really it's a home game because they're they're playing East Grand Rapids in Cedar Springs, which is just another suburb of Grand Rapids. Just like Grand Ledge is another suburb of Lansing, yeah. Yeah, so. You know, Petoskey's got a, a trip on its hands, and East Grand Rapids does not. But you know, I, I think they, I think Petoskey has pretty solid chances in this. I mean, the you know the games are tomorrow, five o'clock, and then the other half of that regional is Spring Lake and Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern. Hey, we still have a chance uh, to see Petoskey make it down in Division Three. Nonetheless, is where we have. 
Elk Rapids, they took out a very, very good Traverse City Christian team in the uh, the district final just this past week, and they won one to zero. Preston Ball was the only one who scored in that game, but we know Traverse City Christian was a great team this whole time. Nate Plum always has his Elks ready. Yeah, but that that Traverse City Christian Elk Rapids game was a lot closer than the score indicated too. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I mean, that's Elk what, Rapids. That's what Coach Roy Montney told me when he was on the phone. He's like. Their goalie made probably one of the best saves he's ever seen in person, which makes me want to see. It made me. This was over the phone, and I'm like, I wish I saw that save in person. <laughs> he he, pretty much like, yeah, they saved their season from. Yeah, Elk Rapids has had an issue getting past that regional round, though, James. Mm-hmm. In the last few years, under Nate Plum, they're just sniffing, and they get right there to that regional final, and it seems like they can't get over that hump. Is this the year? They have Preston Ball. They have. Spencer Ball, they have, you know, they're, they're, Mason they're, Travis. Mason Travis. They, they still have Jack Spencer in goal, who he just talked about making fantastic saves. That's a big, lanky kid. Is this the year for Elk Rapids? They got to hope so. I mean, that it, it's the regional is back in Clare, which has been the same location as the last couple years where, you know, Elk Rapids' season has ended. But, and they've got, and they don't get an easy draw either. They get Ogemaw Heights in the first round, who is 18 and 1. Yeah, the only loss that uh, Ogemaw Heights has had this year is to McBain Northern Michigan Christian, and we know what type of soccer program they are. We see them in this regional round year after year after year. And then we go down to Division Four. The last one we got to chat about is our Leland Comets. They beat Glen Lake 2-0 to in that district final game of two very good teams, especially after Glen Lake beat them just a few weeks ago. But Leland's back on the horse and riding towards hopefully another state title berth. You know, I don't think that this Leland team is what it has been in the last couple of years uh, with Andre Masse and Jesus Calderon-Belcazar and Kobe Lund and these, those guys who score a bunch of goals. But after watching what they did against Henry Plumstead, who I think by far and away can, we can consider probably our best goal scorer in the area this year um, from Glen Lake, they, I mean, I think Henry Plumstead had one decent chance, maybe two, and they weren't really much of chances with three guys between him and the net and I mean their defense they've shut out 14 teams this year and one of the big things that Brandon Wheeler brought up and I looked at it he was a little bit off when he told me but they had they only allowed 17 goals in their state championship season in 2018 two years ago and they had 13 shutouts they have 12 shutouts so far this year and have only allowed 14 goals so defense might just be winning championships out there for Leland. We know a couple of years ago they had a much you know higher scoring offense, but Gavin Miller's been in that net for four years now. They and have and they still have that defense too. They have J, they have JJ Pop who probably is one of the best center backs you know if not the best center back in the area um, this year for defense. You know and he he followed after Owen Carrick. They've had good guys in that back line for a couple of years. I I know that they're not as powerful, but I think that defense is going to keep them in these games. Yeah, and then the other thing in this region is right off the bat they get Muskegon West Michigan Christian, which usually is the final. Which which usually the last two years has been the final. Yeah, yeah, and and usually Muskegon West Michigan Christian is coming in this game ranked number one in the state. And but Leland played them earlier this year, won three to nothing. So you know it, it could be a whole different ball game. The other half of that district or region is Roscommon and Bad Axe. So it, it kind of looks like the Leland West. West Michigan Christian game is the regional championship game again. Well, no I mean, offense to those two teams. I mean, Bad X only has one loss on the year, but if you look at the last three years, those two teams pretty handily walking through that semi regional semifinal round usually and to meet each other in that regional final round. They get in that, fir- that first game, like you said. And I mean, if, if Leland's going to lose right now before they get to like the final four, it's this game. 
more than likely. That section sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That means we're going to get into our latest rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame, gentlemen. We have some great candidates today. Christian Boyman. And we, you know, you're trying to call him? Because <laughs> we had some performances to talk about. I mean, you got, you got, I mean, I, I guess I got the stats, but we looked at them together and it was like wowzers. I know we're going to have to put him up kind of as a collective because I have a feeling like he's going to have to win this. But you go ahead and tell us what he did uh, this past weekend. Christian Boyman did. 27, 27 carries. for 221. He had a 46-yard touchdown late in the game, I think with like just about a minute to go. To, to put West up um, after they had had some problems fumbling earlier in the game and given Petoskey a, a 21-0 lead at one point. But uh, Christian bounced back, had two rushing touchdowns, three interceptions, including one with just a couple seconds left in the game at to the two-yard line that sealed the game. 14 tackles, 13 of which were solo, and blocked a punt. Okay, I think you just talked for a minute reading off stats. Just just, just stats on, 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 on this kid. Oh, yeah, and, and blocked the punt. And, yeah. and the 46-yard TD that put him ahead, of, put him ahead um, you know, from what I read, is that he uh, pretty much leapt over the line and then just kept going. Sounds about right. And 14 tackles on defense, that means you are flying around. So, Christian, fantastic performance against Petoskey. I guess I'll leave you with that nomination. I'll put up my nomination and Chris Koshoniak, the Gra- or Gaylord St. Mary quarterback, has been lighting it up this season, and I know Bob DeLong will be happy to hear this because I think he said if he ain't getting put up, I don't know what it is. Five touchdowns from Chris on 22 carries and 165 yards, five of those on the ground. He also had like 25 passing yards, uh, but he had 12 tackles, two of which were lost. So he's pushing on Christian there. I mean, if you, if you value the scores, Chris put up almost 40 points by himself. I'm going to go with Elk Rapids' Jack Spencer. The official tally for him was three saves, but I heard the one even Coach Roy Montney said – that came with capital letters. He said one second earlier or later, it would have gone in, no question about it. He saved the game with that save. When you draw that kind of respect from the opposing coach, that's just, that just that are, that just shows how good of an actual save it was, even though I wasn't there to see it. So We'll talk. We'll toss in a little honorable mention there for Noah, Noah Robichek. He won a state championship in the Laser Standard Rig Fleet Sailing down in St. Clair Shores last weekend. I know I got a phone call when I was uh, – when I was on my little vacation. But congratulations to, to Noah. We have those three candidates. We can toss him in as an honorable mention if anybody's going to vote. So we have four. Who are we voting for? I mean, do I just have to say it? Yeah, do we have to do a vote here? I th- our guest. Because it's, it's Christian Boyman. Yeah, our guest, Christian Boyman. That was you agree, rid- Andrew? That was just yeah, it's like the third time we've had a guest actually win the. And, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I mean, it helps. Run. We've talked about this before. You know, when you stick out to us on the stat sheet or you stick out to us on the playing field, we want to get you in here and chat and, and find out what you're all about and what makes you who you are. Maybe get some uh, more listens or, or more people to understand, you know, how you go about your things. So congratulations to Christian Boyvin, our latest guest and our latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. That means we only have one more section, gentlemen, the trifecta, which should get a little, I mean, something, something today. <laughs> I'm wearing my all green and white. I got my, my state long sleeve. I got my pullover. I got my hat. We have a big game this weekend. Although it's only week two of the Big Ten season and we have little to nothing to go off of for these teams, we got the biggest rivalry in the state going down this weekend with Michigan and Michigan State football. We got one week of eyes on both of these teams. I got to watch my Spartans get just embarrassed by Rutgers last week. 
you guys both know, as we talked earlier, I did not expect us to do any good. I did not expect us to really win that. I mean, I expected us to win that game because we played Rutgers. But you guys, I think, both picked them on a 14-point spread against Rutgers, and I was just like, you are absolutely nuts. And it turned out oh, the I way – Rutgers. Did, yeah, that's, oh, you picked Rutgers. I took Rutgers. I, I thought I picked State. Yeah, I, I thought you guys. Either way, I know that I know that you were like, "Wow, what what's going on here? Why is he picking against State?" And I was like, "I had a pretty good feeling." I, I was the one who took Minnesota. Okay. Against okay. Michigan. Okay. <laughs> so I've I, got no confidence in any of the Michigan teams. I mean, we saw what Michigan did to Minnesota last week. I mean, Minnesota came out and scored like on the first possession, and it looked like Michigan was going to fall down and just you know bumble around, but. The offense ended up starting. I think Blake Charbonneau had like a 90-yard touchdown run um, on Minnesota. I mean, we, we expected them to beat Minnesota, but they obviously looked a lot better than Michigan State. You and I both know, I don't think Andrew has any idea exactly what goes into the game, but, you know, regardless if it's week two or if it's Mel Tucker's first game against Michigan or if the outcomes of last week were nasty – this this week's game ain't gonna be you know a walk away or a, a breeze by for anybody. So my question to you fellas is because I know my answer and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up why. But you guys have become betting men, right? We've become betting men. Poor, poor. Not men. good at it. Poor, but I should say poorer. Nah. I'm poorer now that I've been a betting man. Do you take Michigan State with whatever spread they give you this weekend? It's a 25 point spread. Do you take Michigan State? 25, that's a lot. It's a lot. With 25 points, yes. I think Michigan State. I'm talking. Because this is is always close. Almost always close. Exactly. I knew that the Vegas spread was going to be stupid. Because this thing is I always respect Vegas. And I always know Vegas is going to be close. That's what I always think. But not in a game like this. Look at the history. Look back. There's like like five in the last 25 years that have been decided by more than 10 points. Yeah. I don't care how I don't care how bad we just lost to Rutgers. And, well, and losing to Rutgers, I think, changes things too, differently than Vegas thinks, because now Michigan State has absolutely nothing to lose, and they will pull out every stop in this game. And that's what always happens. I mean, are you, you say you're a smart betting man? What are you doing, Andrew? Well, 25 points assumes not even just three touchdowns, but three touchdowns and a field goal you would have to win by. More than that. I mean, you just bet on K-State beating Kansas by that much. I did. And won it. And won. Yeah. Would you do that with Michigan? Which, which, which side do you take him? I only bet plus 25 points or more if it's not like a power five You're game. saying if it's against Kansas. Or if it's against Kansas. Because I don't consider Kansas a power five team. But I consider Michigan State a power five team, and they're coached by Mel Tucker. With that history, I'm going to give the points to Michigan State again. Yes. I, I'm glad you guys are just... I thought somebody was going to be like, yeah. I, I just don't see do it. it. I, just, like, I just don't see a rivalry. Even though the K-State-KU game was 55 to The rivalry seven, between Michigan and Michigan State 14. isn't like it, – it can't even get like that. It's it, uh, it's the most physical, nasty game of the year. Because the KU-K-State game isn't even a rivalry. Basically, exactly. It's just a game that they said, oh, yeah, this is your opponent because Mizzou is not in the Big 12 anymore. Yeah, so we – I guess we all agree, if you're a betting man, you better bet on my Spartans for 25 points. I have a feeling that that spread is going to cut down to probably like 17 by the end of the week. I That's doubt. what it opened at? It opened at 25. I'm, I'm saying I'm I doubt. look at what it's at right now. I, I think it's down to like 18 already. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I doubt it's 25. I'm still taking them with 18. Yeah. I'm taking them with 18. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I was, it's still at 25. It's still at 25? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Regardless, 
even at the end of the week at 18, I'm taking Michigan State and 18 points. If it was like a 12 and a half point spread, that's where it would get tough for me, right? Because I do expect Michigan State to lose the football game. Am I saying that they, there's no chance that they can win? Hell no. There's always a chance they can win, especially if Michigan comes into this game all overconfident and cocky like I know they're about to. Oh, look, Michigan State just got beat by Rutgers. We're going to run in and walk all over these guys. Good luck. And that's the other thing, and this is what I'll say, and this is, this is how a close a podcast is. I, I was pleased with two things last week. I, I said that I was going to fire Mel Tucker uh, in the first quarter. It was, fourth and, it was fourth and one at the Rutgers 49. Obviously, you cannot kick a field goal. But I was like, I swear to God, you're down 14 points to Rutgers in the first quarter. If you do not go for it on fourth down right now, I'm going to just lose my mind. He did it, and then the next drive he did it again, and they scored on fourth and three from the 50-yard line. That was a good thing, and I liked it from Mel Tucker. I wasn't happy with a lot of the other things I saw, including Rocky Lombardi, but this is the chance for Mel Tucker to win over all Spartan fans right away. He has a, I'm not saying you have to win this game, but by golly, Mel Tucker, you better not lose by 30. Yeah, That's it. that spread. Literally. By golly, Mel Tucker, you better – I don't care – what like you said, I don't care what you have to do. If you got to play three quarterbacks in the backfield at once so they don't know who the ball's getting snapped to or who's throwing it, I don't care. You make something happen in that game. Just until a couple days ago, they didn't know which was their number one quarterback. I, I still don't think they do. Rocky Lombardi needs to take a back seat and make some better decisions. His stats ended up fine in that Rutgers game, but that's not how you win football games. So – Let's hope all of our local teams win football games this weekend. We expect them to in this first pre-district regional round. Make sure you hop over to the Record Eagle to check out all those playoff pairings and all of the information regarding when those games will be this coming weekend and beyond. Make sure you like, share, retweet, comment. Say hello to us at TCRE Sports, at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR, and at JakeAtnip on Twitter and interact with this podcast so we can get you fed. That was episode 147. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.